Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What is up, my fellow addicts? Ralph Sutton, Big J Okerson in for another episode of the SDR Show. And boy, are we thrilled to have this guy. Super fun episode. It is Tom Arnold. And I will say this. He dropped some knowledge about Roseanne that was fucking fascinating to me. And he just tells a lot of great stories. Super fun guy to have on the show. Remember, we do the show now every single Wednesday and Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You could also subscribe online at YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the SDR show. I feel like we don't promote that enough for some reason. You could buy t-shirts at uh, podcastmerch.com slash SDR. And you can also go to gasdigitalnetwork.com and use the code SDR to get 20% off the entire network. You get everything early. You get everything commercial free. You get access to the live chat, on-demand episodes, everything you want. And you support us. We make a little extra dollars. Everybody gets happy. Who cares? Why not? Who gives a shit? Right now it is the Tom Arnold episode of the SDR. This is the intro to the shit show. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. This is the hit show. Show me the tit show. It is the SDR show, sex, drugs, and rock and roll show. I am Ralph Sutton back in once again with me as almost always. It is Mr. Big J Okerson. How are you, buddy? Hey, buddy. I got some emails. People like you better in the other background. They think it's nicer. It is. Yeah. But Christine's in there right now doing work stuff. Okay. Fair enough. And Shannon is with us as always. Boobs out aplenty. Thank you. And now very happy to have this dude on a comedian and actor a great quote that I'm going to introduce him with. He said uh, in a recent interview that I watched, he's been in 130 movies and four good ones. How are you, Tom Arnold? I, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. My first question before we move into anything, what would you consider the four good ones? Soul Plane. Oh, well, well, yeah, Soul Plane too. There's more than four, but I... I know. Uh, you know, but I, uh, you know, I say that because my kids started watching my, my movies and you judged by movies they like are some of them are very awful but it's fun to see your kids my kids are seven and a half and four and a half and what they like is well for my, my seven and a half year old loves loves anything with guns and uh you know i uh and uh you know for you know i'm i'm, I'm a i'm a part of every town which is uh the mike bloomberg uh uh gun for common sense gun you know gun uh uh, control, whatever you want to call it, just gun laws, common sense, not take away everybody's guns, but common sense stuff. And, and uh, Shannon Watts, who started Moms Demand uh, Action, a great friend of mine. And, but, and you know, I, uh, you know I, I, I don't have any guns. I grew up with a lot of guns in Iowa because I don't need them because mm-hmm. I, could, I could kill anybody with a knife if I have to. But I thought, gonna say, I thought you were going to say with your bare hands. That would have yeah, been. Yeah, well, cool. I, I, I probably could, you know. But, and, and, you know, when you have kids in the house, you got to be. And, and kids will. I know this from growing up in Iowa. I have four younger brothers. We grew up on a farm. And uh, my dad, uh, when we were younger, he had an automatic he, Korean War weapon. And he, he locked up the gun over here and the cartridge over here. And as soon as he left for work, my brothers and I were like, Okay, let's get that. We'll go over there, break in this, and get this. And one day I took it out on the front, out of the street, and just started firing off rounds. And uh, my neighbor, of course, called my dad. Here comes his screechy, his car uh, to stop. And, you know, you can imagine what. Back in those days, they didn't have any rules about 
violence by, onto your kids. And, uh, you know, uh, so I know one thing. Your kid knows, my kid, my seven and a half year old knows where everything I have is, no matter what. He's got into everything I have. So uh, I don't have that. And I think people can have guns and safely have them. But, but uh, I belong to this. And, and Conan O'Brien is a friend of mine. He's a great uh, comic, great guy. And he hosted the big, uh, this year, the Every Town. Uh, uh, we have an event for the board of directors once a year. And he hosted it at his house. And he has very nice kids. His wife's amazing. And so we had these people in to see what we do and, and to give us money, you know. And uh, and I had to bring Jack's because I couldn't I get to have any child care. Mm-hmm. And I had to get my son in the Uber with me to go over there. And I'm like, oh, boy. And it was late. You know, it's later in the evening at a school night. And uh, and he had sit he sit in the front on the couch with me while we're listening to these speakers and, and some of this lady this lady who's very left very like she's weeping liberal and uh, you know I'm I'm a I'm a Democrat for sure but you know and she's very and she says to my son in front of everybody they're filming this so hey your dad is so you know he's such an activist you know so we're so grateful what do you want to be when you grow up and my son said a sniper. <laughs> you know, he, he plays all the, you know, so, uh, you know, I, but I said one of ours, I just want to say this, one of ours, because, and then eventually I just gave up and we do, we, I, then I had to get one of these to defend myself in the house. But anyway, back to your question. Um, I don't know. You I know, I, Soul Plane is fun. Soul Plane is a fun movie. And uh, I well, love, I'll, tell you I mean, I'll tell you something interesting about Soul Plane it was always cool because I started comedy in Philadelphia and me and uh, Kevin Hart kind of. Yeah. We were we were uh, brought up together to New York even and and just good friends through the beginning of our uh, comedy kind of like road dogs together. Oh, and uh, and then he took off and he went to L.A. because he went to the Montreal Festival and then uh, went on to L.A. and just started getting like kind of small parts and things. And Soul Plane was a like big de- you know it was a big deal seeing him on a billboard. You know yeah. someone who I knew so uh, so well. Uh, so young so it was like really need to see it so yeah i know you were in that movie but like for that movie for the the kind of you know it's become a cult classic in so many yeah. ways but for the uh for the shit it takes you know the 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 yeah. uh, some of the shit it eats it's still like i always have a memory of it as being like whoa man like kids yeah. on a goddamn fucking billboard and shit but well, I mean, it's got to be soul plane and true lies have to be two of your well, top favorite ones right sure. I, I can tell you soul plane there you know usually on movie sets there's fake pot there's no fake pot. There's no <laughs> stupid uh, Method Man and all those guys. There was no fake pot smoking. It was, and we filmed in a shell of a, of a, I suppose it was a 747 out in Burbank here. And everybody was so fucked up. It was so fun. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, I don't know if I've ever had that much fun filming with, you know. Uh, and I did see Monique beat up Kevin Hart because between takes, he kept, can I say fuck? Yes. Sure. Okay. He kept fucking with her because she had hairy legs, and he kept teasing her. There was so many funny people on that, and she's like, "I'm gonna Kevin Hart. I'm gonna be Kevin Hart. I'm gonna beat you down, Kevin Hart." And she did got a hold of him finally, and just like because he genuinely is like I I don't know what size a little person is as we say, five but he three. is. But he's the funny five person. Five three now. Five three. And she's and she's funny too, and man, she just took him and. And just beat, got him on the ground. It was, it was so funny. Sonny, hold on. She can take your splinter out. I said it's a splinter. But I'm on live. This is really important stuff, honey. I promise I'll take it out. You pull him out of here, Sasha. 
Honey, you've got to go out. I know you do, but I said as a splinter. But, uh, By the but, way, I, did that. I said the same exact thing to Shannon before we went live, so don't worry about it. Okay. But, uh, but, uh, but no, it's so fun. And, and, uh, and uh, what? Uh, Sophia Vergara, that was her first movie. She's on. Uh, wow, that was her. Yeah. And the girl who played my daughter, uh, Ariel Cabell, worked so close. And the kid that played my son, Ryan Pigston, was so funny. And we're, you know, we, sometimes you stay friends with people, and we all stay, we've all stayed friends. And that's the most pirated movie. I know. A movie. It came out before we came out. Before it came out of like, theater, yeah. 400,000 really? copies. And here's the best story I was on the show called Best Dance Sports Show, period. Which are very fun. Of course. I love doing that because I love sports. I loved it was the best job ever. And Snoop Dogg came on the show to promote the movie, our movie, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, down at Roscoe's uh, Waffles, which is very close to Fox Sports down there. Fox Sports, we shot the show on on uh, Pico, which is where the Fox Movie Studio is too. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Roscoe's is very close to there, and uh, and we, we that's where we went for lunch a lot and took everybody down there. And said, Snoop shows up and he's got, this is, the movie isn't out yet. He's got like 20 copies of the movie. I'm like, you gotta be shit me. And he's like, no, I, they're a dollar a piece. And Russell, and I go, well, you fucking, you can't be doing that, man. He goes, but they're only a dollar. And then I go, that's, they're pirated. That's our, and then right after the show, I went down to Roscoe's and got 20 of the copies. They don't have the original, they have, you know, but I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to do that too. Because it's hard to get it from the studio. And so I got 20 guys. There's a guy right in front selling our pirated movie. <laughs> that he, he went, you know. So, but it was very fun. And uh, and then true, but true lies too. Because uh, you said you stay friends. Also, wait, also in Soul Plane was uh, another comedian, Six Degrees Separation here. I've known for 20 years. And he's also on this network is Godfrey. Godfrey was I was awesome. going to say his name because I did a roast for a guy named Elon Gold. Sure, uh, I know Elon. He, he turned 50. And, uh, best Jeff, uh, Jeff, best Jeff Goldblum impression in the business. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> I, I didn't know, but it was, uh, it was, uh, super Jewish. I'm Jewish. It was like, I took Sasha, who does my podcast with me, and I was like, just, uh, get ready. It was in his yard, which is close to here. And it was like his family and his, uh, and I would go, just, just be prepared. This is a, the Jewiest thing you'll ever be a part of. <laughs> Jeff Ross, I mean, and the jokes were, I mean, Jesus. But Jeff Ross hosted. It was his birthday, too. And, but uh, they did cut to Godfrey in, in Minneapolis, I think. And uh, he's so – he is so funny. Yeah, he's on and, the network. Uh, he's on our network, so he's got a great show on the network as well. He, in Godfrey. Oh, we does he? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's so what funny. You also, and, by the way, uh, saying it's taking uh, – saying staying friends with people, you're still good friends with Schwarzenegger after all these years, Oh, right? yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, fa he FaceTimed here for, uh, you know – he just had a birthday. He's, I think, 72. and So I FaceTimed him a couple of days later because I forgot. And uh, he, 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 the kids love him. He's really good. To, you know, we've stayed friends. That's, it's not always that you stay friends. But him right. and I and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, we, we, we uh, did a Zoom together last Saturday. By the way, Tom, when, when this show was, ends, I plan on never speaking to Jay or Shannon again. I've already had that mapped out. <laughs> you have a really good voice, by the way. Your voice oh, is. I'm not sure about your face, but your voice is That's so fine. good. I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I feel the I same think you are, You're way younger, your face, than your voice. You think so? How old do you think I am? No, but your voice is so resonant. And, like, you've got a, like, a, I don't know, 
Shadow Stevens or one of those old, uh, older guys that are friends of mine. Rick D. Voice is good. Your Thank voice you. will go on, and and you know, usually it's a great voice. Thank you, you very much. Younger, yeah. <laughs> well, why I ask you, Tom? Does nobody like him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. But I gotta say, John Witherspoon was in that movie too. It's all. Oh, yeah. uh, I, awesome. I loved him so much. Andy Milanakis. It was a big case. You know, it's funny. I haven't seen it in so many years. I feel like I should go back and see it and re-recognize all these people. It's probably, I haven't seen it since it came out. It's crazy. Yeah. What else? My kids watched uh, Big Bully and Carpool recently, and then uh, uh, those are those are. But those are fun. You're going to get a kick out of this. I was watching you do an interview uh, about uh, a, Hall a Hallmark movie you did last year called uh, yeah, Christmas Scavenger Hunt. And uh, you were interviewed by Cameron Matheson, who I used to be very close to. I haven't spoken to him in years, but he's such a cool dude. So ridiculously good looking, Cameron. I hadn't oh, seen yeah. him in a while, so it was nice to see him uh, interviewing you. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good, great looking dudes connected with those Hallmark movies and the Hallmark Channel. And... Uh, you know, uh, they that Peter DeLuise. Peter DeLuise directs a lot of those. Oh, he you know he directed a guy had me do a cameo. You know those cameo things. I mm -hmm. I do a lot of them, and mine are very long and detailed. <laughs> <laughs> in detail. uh, yes, yes. Can I just come back? That's the only time I get to talk to adults, except for like right now. So I'm very excited to talk to you guys. But Peter DeLuise, and then he directed a movie. A guy's like, would you make cameo for the guy that wrote uh, uh, something? 101 like uh dating 101 or something that you were in and i go okay and then i had to google what movie that was because i couldn't remember it and i saw peter deloise directed that relationships 101 or something like that i was like oh yeah yeah that was fun we were up in uh i thought it was like a softcore porn it was supposed to be here so i don't know but peter deloise is is yeah he does i do a, i do a podcast uh, about the show 21 jump street <laughs> oh, you we, do? Yeah, we revived the show and watched and watched the show from uh, front to back all over again. Yeah, is yeah. it on it was, Netflix? Is that what you watch it, Jay? It's on Netflix. No, Film Rise on YouTube. Okay. Um, oh, but you know, Dom DeLuise was very funny. People, yeah, think, they oh, joke about him, but goddamn, he was funny. Him yeah, and Burt Reynolds. Was there were, of the hundred and thirty movies that you've done? Yeah. Is there one that you consider the worst of them all? Well, you know, you, you hate to say that because so many people work on these movies. But I've been laughing, uh, you know, again, Sasha Boggs, who's on my podcast, because she knows nothing about anything I've done, uh -huh. you know, uh, or anything, you know. Uh, uh, That's nice. Mike, she knows nothing Mike, about Mike, anything. Michael, there's a guy named Michael Cohn. He was a, the, the, the president's lawyer for 10 years. He called here fairly recently, and he was on the speakerphone, and got, we got into this big argument at this and that, and then all of a sudden we, we made up, and at the end, uh, Sasha said, you know, you, you have terrible friends. And I said, well, no, that's how guys do. We're like, fuck you, fuck you. This is your fault. This is your fault. I got it. And at the end, like, hey, man, I, yeah, call me. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. And I said, you, yeah, I said that was Michael Cohen. She said, oh, who, who's that? Like, she genuinely wow. had no idea who people are. And, and it's the same with uh, the movies. But, but there is one movie, and I can't, I'm not gonna, I can't remember the name, but I, I would tell you if I remembered, but this, this rich guy hired everybody, and there's a lot of good actors in it, but his girlfriend was, uh, and it's not her fault. She never acted, but she was a, a makeup artist, and she became the star. And what happened is we got paid a lot of money, and we went down to Austin, Texas, and we showed up, and we realized what the deal was, and that we ended up having so many laughs because it was so fucking bad, That's and great. it wasn't her fault. And the, 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 we just 
broke out in laughter in the middle of shots so many times and just laughed till we cried. And that didn't make her feel bad as much as, you know, but it was so stupid. And just laughing and laughing at the direction. Hey, hey, come on. And Can you just, name anyone else in the movie so we can look up the movie to see it if we I, want to I don't want it? to say. I don't want to oh, say <laughs> because I don't want them to. But it wasn't just me doing it. It was un- uncontrolled. I, but there was one thing I said to – I think I stopped showering at one point because I didn't <laughs> – there at least for a day or two. Like, I just – you know, I like – and I, 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 my wardrobe, I, I was like, I'm not even going to – you know, I hate to see it. I wasn't even – I said, don't even do my hair today. I was all right, before we go any further, a brand new sponsor, and this actually is a sponsor that is close to my heart. I'm very happy we have them. It is IP Vanish. IP Vanish is an incredibly important tool to protect your privacy online. I'm just going to explain it to you in simple terms. I don't need to read actually all the copy, but the idea is this. When you're online, you, you leave a footprint. There is evidence of where you've been. People can track that. They can steal your information. There's a lot of reasons why you want to hide your IP, even if you, if you use... um like Google Chrome, it even has like an incognito mode to somewhat hide your IP and your information. But that's not good. It really doesn't work. What you want is an actual company that does what's called uh, protecting or hiding your IP, getting a private connection from your computer. And that is IP Vanish. Literally, your IP disappears. You cannot be tracked online. These days, more and more things, like how many times does it happen where you search for something and then those ads pop up in Facebook or Instagram, things like that. Or maybe you want to watch a TV show. And then all of a sudden you're told, oh, that YouTube content is banned from where you are right now. You're traveling and you're in a different country and you can't watch something. You could resolve all of this with IP Vanish. They also have 24-7 customer support. And really, I mean, for me, I use it for what's, what's called Kodi. If you stream a lot of videos online, you don't want to be tracked. I cannot say good, enough good things about IP Vanish. If you go to ipvanish.com slash SDR, it's just $3.25 a month, which is 75% off the regular price. I can't do the math. What is that, Shannon? $10? I don't know. My math is not as good as it should be. Something like that. So it's just $3.25 a month, ipvanish.com slash SDR. And you could set it up so that basically what happens is whenever you launch your computer, that will launch in the background and you're always going to be privacy online that you can feel safe about. You don't have to worry about people stealing all your, you know, you put in a password and you're in a Wi-Fi somewhere. They're going to get that password from you. They're going to get your information over there. It's happened to me. My identity was stolen twice. That's why I use IPVanish. IPVanish.com forward slash SDR. 75% off, just $3.25 a month. There is no reason to be available online and vulnerable online. Use IPVanish. Let's get back into it. Let me ask you. You go ahead, Jay. You first. Yeah, I want to just ask about a, a, a different movie there because I'm always interested in this, if this is like a universal feeling. But I, I'm i also a, a stand-up comic, so everything I tend to do or even get like asked to do acting-wise is, uh, is something in the realm of like funny for the most part. And I'm never it, – it's cool to be in things very much, but I'm never like excited to do perform somebody else's funny, if, I, if you know what I mean by that. But what I yeah. do get very excited about is when I read the very few things that have come across my plate that are like hard drama and like dark drama stuff is very interesting. And you were in a movie called Animal Factory mm-hmm. that was like, I, I wonder as a comedian, is it like really fun to like really sink your teeth into being like such a villainous, like awful part? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's such a strange change of character from being like the jovial, probably all funny because we're all awkward at a party kind of people 
to being like such like, a vicious like a uh, character like that. That seems like well, it's fun. It, it is, and you know, uh, it's, you know, when you're, uh, yeah, I, I know, comedians are really good, serious actors, you know, because I think wasn't Chris body, Farley about to before he passed? Wasn't he about to start doing like real serious roles? Well, he, you know, he was going to do the Fatty Arbuckle story right. uh, that David Babbitt had, had written. That was very serious, uh, yeah. heavy thing, and. Uh, you know, which would be great for Chris and great for David Babbitt too. Um, but I, you know, uh, Animal Factory, uh, it, it, because we, you know, we really, Robin Williams was fucking awesome when he did serious stuff. And, and all, you know, I think, uh, you know, Steve Martin, really comic actors, uh, and, you know, we could do the funny and it does get, you know, but, but if they, you know, that's why we got to write our own stuff and do, but it's got to be the right thing. And it's okay to be funny and build a career, and then and then and then appear. You know, uh, I saw Dade Cook in a in a movie. Uh, I forget what it's called. He was excellent. This is a few years ago with uh, William Hurt. Oh, Mr. Brooks. Was what was it? Was it Mr. Brooks? Yeah. Wow, Jay. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. But this uh, Animal Factory, uh, they needed me, believe it or not, to get the movie made. They needed, you know, how they put together people to get a something financed, and. Uh, and uh, Steve Buscemi directed it. He's great. And uh, he had a little part in it. But I was afraid that uh, there's a lot of really good actors. Will Defoe and uh, Mickey Rourke. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, when I read it, and I just was afraid. I played a prison rapist. And I just didn't want people to be taken out of the movie where they go, okay, that's Tom Arnold. And it was a really bad dude. And uh, uh, Eddie Furlong, I... I you know, figure raped him. I just wanted it to be, you know, he's a really good guy, by the way. And, uh, you know, I was not a 12-step meeting recently. And there was at least two guys I'd raped in the movies there. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy they're sober now. But, uh, but uh, you know, but when I went to the screening, uh, I, I felt it good. I did it. I was good in it. And if you have a good director and there's a good script, it was based on an Eddie Bunker book. Eddie Bunker's a real fucking deal, man. He wrote uh, Runaway Train. And so when you're, when you're good, and I am good, and when you're with good people and, they, and it, there's a authenticity to the film, and, you know, we shot at Holmberg uh, State Federal Prison, a closed-down creepy fucking prison. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out, and it was satisfying. I'd had a hit a bunch of big movies I'd started for a bunch of money uh, in the 90s that had failed at the box office. So I wanted to do something and it wasn't like a game plan. Oh, do this and that, but that's what was available. And I enjoyed it. I'd also been cast in a Oliver Stone movie and a Mark Scorsese movie that didn't work out. The, I was going to be at uh, any given Sunday and uh, I went rehearse with Al Pacino and all the guys in Miami. And then he, he decided to go, he decided I was going to be the sportscaster. And then he decided, well, I just don't see you as a sportscaster. And that was right before I got the best damn sports show, period. I was say, yeah, <laughs> and, you're uh, actually a sportscaster. I know. It was so funny. And then he, but they paid me, and he wrote me an apology letter, which is crazy. But I was kind of relieved because he wanted me to be on the set the whole movie, and it wasn't that big of a part. And I was like, ah, fuck that. But then I was cast in uh, Bringing Out the Dead by Martin Scorsese. I'd been out to New York back, and then we were just about to shoot that. That's the ambulance one with – Yep. Uh, and Eddie and Martin Scorsese uh, called me and said, listen, you don't have to do this. The part's yours. You're great. But the person I originally thought about 
doing this role has become available. Again, it's your part, but you don't have to do this. And uh, I said, well, uh, well, who is it? He said, John Goodman. And I said, well, if that's the person you want, then, then, I'll, then I'll step aside. Well, and uh, he goes, I'll get something for you, though. Trust me. Uh, this is going to come back around. There'll be something else. And that's what happened. Let me and ask you. Nothing else, by the way. Uh, so you already, not, hey, you uh, already, hey, you already banged his wife. <laughs> you banged his TV wife. Let me tell you so something. You <laughs> well, we shot the pilot of that show in 1988. You know, because I met Roseanne. I was 23. I met her long before she was famous. And I just moved from Iowa. You know, I worked at a meatpacking plant. I was pretty badass. That's probably why. She, that's what she liked about me. She was. She was, She's about seven years older than me, and I liked her because. She, first of all, she thought I was funny. And uh, she, you know, she was a mom. And, uh, what's that? I said it's a prerequisite for anybody Jay finds attractive if they find them well, funny. For, yeah, for that's a big guys, deal and, she, and I knew she was fucking funny. She, we, we met in Minneapolis and, and we did a, I was like her feature act. She was still, she was in Denver. And uh, the, the club owner's like, hey, I saw this woman in Denver. She's hilarious. I think you guys will hit it off. And, uh, and I featured her, and then I just thought, oh, my God, I've never seen a, a woman that was so fucking badass and so funny. And, and, you know, somebody, some guy in the crowd is giving her shit, and she just went back at him. You know, she's about five foot tall. Is and this the Comedy Works? Gonna, no, but the, the, the club owner seen her at Comedy Works and right. booked her to come to Minneapolis to the Comedy Gallery, this Scott Hansen, this uh, very large comic that I uh, uh, made fun of. I shouldn't, but only because I was new. And uh, and he used to go, and he'd go, hey, don't make fun of me. My wife's in the crowd, my kids. And then he'd, he'd walk on stage, and I'd grab the curtain and go, hey, Scott, you left your you left your pants up here. He'd, but he literally weighed 700 pounds. Anyway, so that first night, man, we hit it off. And, and then we asked the uh, MC, who's a comic named Liz Winston, who co-created the uh, Daily Show. She's very nice. Can we borrow your car? And then we were, disappeared. We did so many drugs. Got so wasted. We... But we had so much fun, and then I started writing jokes for her, and then she went on the Tonight Show. This is in 1983, so this is 37 fucking years ago. Wow. And, uh, and then we just were, you know, we party. We had so much fun. And, uh, uh, and then so I started writing, she said, we write me jokes? I said, of course. And, and uh, then she went on the Tonight Show and killed. And then I came out to do, uh, to write at her show. And uh, I did an HBO special she had where I played her dream husband. Her husband at the time was on it too, but they'd been going through a, you know, they've been having uh, stuff. And, but I moved to LA with my fiance to write on the Roseanne show. And, uh, and obviously that didn't last, but during the pilot, and the, my fiance were, but during the pilot, and Roseanne and her husband were whatever, but during the pilot shoot, we went out, me and Goodman and Lori Metcalf and Roseanne, it went out and were, got wasted. And Roseanne and Goodman were in the front seat. And they were doing whatever. And Laurie Metcalf and I were in the back seat. And and uh, uh, and then the next morning, Roseanne, Rosie, Rosie called me in her office and said, hey, listen, man, writers cannot date the actors, meaning Laurie Metcalf. I go, oh, shit. She goes, that's the rule of Hollywood. I go, fuck, I didn't know that, man. I won't know. Okay, I don't want to break any of the rules of Hollywood. <laughs> okay, I, that one, I won't do it again. Now, the reason that she, she told me that was because apparently she liked me. And uh, <laughs> I didn't even realize that until the next year. But I, I always thought, well, that's a, I was like, oh, is that, 
I didn't know. I don't know the rules of Hollywood yet. I will. Oh shoot. Okay. Okay. Don't don't say that anybody won't happen again. But uh, let me ask you something because she is so well known now as very Republican. She believes in QAnon. I think. Did did you guys ever talk politics then, or did she? Were you more in line with oh, each other? Man, they were partying, ago? Ralph. Listen. I no, understand that, but she, even she then. was the most liberal person I'd ever met. I mean, she was like, uh, and that's what I loved about one of the first things. Like, I grew up in Iowa. I worked on the kill floor of a meatpacking plant for three years to get money for college. My next door neighbor's dog was named the N word. It was a big black pit bull. Yeah, I come from a rough fucking town. And, uh, and she was like a feminist. Like, I didn't know. I was just so attracted to all the way, you know, we hosted uh, the Clintons and, uh, you know, when uh, Bill ran and, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and we're close. To, she was like a feminist, like way mm-hmm. beyond that, beyond the, you know, and. Uh, so these beliefs know, are more, these beliefs of hers now are far more recent. She's out of her fucking mind. Man. I will she's say not, love, love her not hater. I respect that whatever Republicans used to be before Trump, but she's out. She's a, she's a, the, a cult member. And I didn't even really realize it because I, you know, besides doing her roast, that was the only time I've seen her. It'd been in the same room with her for, for 18 years at that oh. time. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of my old stepkids, you know, I got to be a stepfather when I was married to her, which I loved and uh, reached out to me. It was like, Oh my God, mom. And I was like, sort of looking at her social media stuff. I'm like, fuck. This is, you know, it is that QAnon stuff. I got to say, though, I really do believe she thought the bitch was white. No, I think she thought the bitch was white. That thing when she got it, when she ate shit for that. Yeah. The the Planet of the Apes. No, she knows it's just full on racist. No, she knows (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that from the horse's mouth then because I really, I was giving her, I was giving her comedic benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no. I love she, it. She should have done it full on. No, you see, because I was, uh, the, the, I was trying to help her through my stepdaughter, and you just saw it coming because the Tuesday after that, the writers were back on her show, and they were like, you got to go full on Trump, and then other people are like, well, no, let's not do any of that. Let's not be political. Mm. And she was, like, getting so nervous because she promised one thing she would do another so she fucking sabotaged her show and she's her fans are that were full-on racist full-on like racist like nazi racist like conspiracy because uh, you know i was uh uh doing my uh vice show and i i'd uh i'd had some gentlemen that were very familiar with this stuff and uh very i don't want to call them hackers but uh you know familiar with how to uh access certain things. And so my stepdaughter, uh, Jenny, uh, uh, Pentland, I mean, she has, she's married, but I said, she said, you got to help me. And I, so I, I accessed some of these people that were influencing Roseanne and, uh, you know, uh, encouraged some of them in the nice possible way to leave her alone. And, and I actually, uh, what I did is I, I also got a phone, uh, to, to give her that, that went, all her tweets went to a separate server before they went up. Wow, I mean, wow. I knew a bunch of ways to get her to not fucking tweet. Right. I would do if I was running the show. I'd first of all, I'd take her fucking phone and throw it in the fucking river. <laughs> There's no way she would be tweeting 
if right. I was in charge. It's a horrible job being in charge. It, you know, because I can remember most days she didn't want to go to work when mm-hmm. I was there. But yeah, whoever her boyfriend was, he was doing a shit job. And one night, Jenny, I, I'm like, where the where does she fucking live? Because I think she was living in El Segundo. I go, I won't go down there. And, and get because that's such a big deal. Uh, you know, when I was there, she was always like, I'm not going to work. I'm not doing this. But I do. If I if just one day I did it, I said, OK, fuck it. So I knew that she would be devastated because mm-hmm. I also knew at that time that show meant a lot to her. And so if I if I, you know, caved in to whatever it was about her that was self-destructive. I, I just knew I had to get through. I was on. I was on the show six years. I knew that 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 was so important to her. I knew it was so important that I made sure the show was good for her. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, but six years was enough. And maybe, you know, why were show, Tom? Why, can I ask why were the headlines always like Tom Arnold brings her down? I also that was interesting. I don't know. There was I no real. I don't care. There was no real genuine evidence of that. It seemed, but it just seemed like that was like. The thing, you know what I mean? Where you're saying yeah. like, a com- like a completely opposite thing, but that was like a, well, I mean, just the timing it, of you, just just the timing of you guys dating, I guess. Well, they people can say what they want to, you know. You can't uh, control. I think, I think, uh, and then she said it, of course. When, uh, well, what? Well, uh, you know, first she filed for divorce and said every horrible thing. Then she took it back and apologized. We reconciled, and then she did it again. And I think, you know, some people have a pattern of, you know, uh, of doing. Things and you just got to look at that. And uh, I, I don't. Uh, I think the evidence speaks for itself. You look at the first six years of the show, and you go, "Well, this was that kind of show." And then after I left, then she started wanting to direct. I think she's a person that has always felt she never got her due for the show, and I don't blame her. She didn't get created by credit on the Roseanne show. That that was that's why I came in and said, and I could tell people were disrespecting her, and I said, "Well." you're fired because it is her show. And I believe that it was uh, people that didn't respect it. You had to get out. All right. Before we go any further, uh, probably the longest running sponsor on the SDR show. Perfect sponsor for us. It is blue chew, blue chew.com. If you don't know what they are right now, or you haven't started using them right now, by now rather, I could assume a brand new, you're a brand new listener. That's the only way that it makes sense because we've been talking about them forever. What are they? Very simple. They are pills for your Johnson. That's the best way to describe it. If you go to bluechew.com, they are chewable, same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but because they're chewable, they act up to twice as fast. They say chew it and do it. You know what they mean. It's time to get rock hard erections so that you can make your lady or your dude happy. I don't judge. Who cares? And especially now during COVID, maybe you've been looking at the same vagina for nine months straight. Yikes. I can't even imagine what that's like. Although, uh, Shannon stares at her own vagina all the time and I don't know how that goes. Okay. So if you go to bluechew.com, you use the code SDR, you're going to just pay $5 shipping. Your first order is free. No reason to be embarrassed and get like, go to a store for a price check or wait for a doctor. It all happens online. The doctor approves you online. It shows up discreetly. You get prescribed immediately if you qualify and it's just $5 shipping. Why wouldn't you try it? Why wouldn't you chew it and do it? That's all I could say. It's blue chew. We love you. And also the best part, if you're an old fuck like me, it helps you go round two just that easier. Bluechew.com. Use the code SDR. Let's get back into it. Can I ask and you this? You're talking, 
you're talking about her sending out destructive tweets. Is it true that you tweeted that Trump, you wanted to wrestle Trump and the Secret Service came yeah. to your house? Is that a real thing? Yeah, that's a real thing. I actually tweeted out their, their visit, the whole entire, my buddy David Cord at Mother Jones wrote about it. Yeah, I did. And because I was, uh, first of all, their, their supervisor was so embarrassed they had to come to my house because, you know, for something that stupid, but they came out and I figured why they're here. First of all, I'm going to tell them all my fight stories and my whole history, my drug stories, my drinking stories. Because they, you know, they're fans. Mm-hmm. They're young guys. They're fans. And uh, so I, I tweeted the whole interview out. And uh, I, I, we talked about great places to take your kids trick-or-treating around here. But and I, they thought, also I thought it was that if you threatened the president's life, wrestling the president, got the Secret Service there? The well, here's the deal. I did, he'd been on stage up in Montana. This congressperson in Montana had, had, had body slammed this little journalist. And Trump's, Trump's a fucking pussy. I've known him a long time. He used to come on my sports show. I've done business with him. And, and you know, he's big, but he's a pussy. And, and he would always come on in the, the athletes and kind of soul handshake up and do a little bit of this. And, what, and I did tell him, time, listen, Tucker, these, these athletes, they seem like they're the same size as us. But they, and I always would size myself up with the athletes, but they got a magic man. And man, when, it's, when it's go time, there's something about – they have something inside of them, and they will fucking beat us down. They may look the same size. Some of them look out of shape, but they got something inside of them, man. Pro Don't even think for a second. I would always tell them that. They really do. You know, I would be on the – we had John Crook, who you'd walk up the street and go, that guy's out of shape, or you know, all these other guys that might – but athletes have this – they have something else inside of them. And if they if they it gets competitive, they will fucking kill you. And that may be a professional bowler. It may be, but these guys, I would always say Trump would act like this. He's never been punched in the face. He'd never been punched in those. But he was on stage talking about a body slam competition. And I said, a genuine thing. I will come first of all, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. If you're in the fucking WWE Hall of Fame, don't you have to fucking maintain some sort of uh-huh. Fucking, he's goddamn it! You know you should just get in there. That's bullshit. <laughs> so I said I, I will come to wherever, and I mean this sincerely. Any of his rallies, we'll have a body slam off. And if I lose, well, there you go. That that I that I lose, I'll take it like a man. But uh, and that's why they came. And, and I, you know, and they they asked me questions like this. Okay, Tom, if you're let's say back in Iowa, and you uh, happen to run into to Donald Trump, are you going to fucking throw down on him? I go, wait a minute. He's the president. Is it, how am I going to just fucking run in on him? And I said, you know what? If I do run in on him, I am going to get in his fucking face. And I don't know what it's going to lead to if I happen to run into him. They go, are you going to go to one of his rallies? And, he, and I'm not going to go to one of his fucking rallies. But but I will go if he does, if he wants to fucking. But I'm not going to hang out with his fucking scumbag. Uh, you know, but I will go if he does want to. This offer stands. If he wants man. to do it, you're down to do it. Fuck yes, or Dodd Jr. or the, any of those fucking idiots for sure. Or Ivanka, any one of them. Oh my God, it's horrible. <laughs> Let me ask you this: just a couple other things. You know, I remember the story not that long ago. You had massive organ failure, and you were on oh, life yeah, support. What yeah. actually happened? And are you one? Are you all better now? Um, yeah, I, uh, in uh, February, uh, February 8th, uh, you know, I had my kids, uh, uh, you know, we had, uh, I mean, there, all of this is, uh, I guess I, I go, you know, uh, you know, I am a, 
I am an activist. I don't know if you guys know this. And, you know, I think it's pretty evident the last few so minutes. I didn't, just, I didn't just have a show, The Hunt for the Trump Tapes. But I, I uh, you know, I'm very active on, on getting Trump not reelected. It's not just uh, because I've known him a long time, but I do care about our, our country and I care about the institutions. And it's because I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And uh, it, you know, I'm a single dad of 61. And I, I genuinely believe that, it's, that this is a crisis. And I care about the country. I care about truth. And, uh, and uh, I think that this is a crisis, but it's also a time that we could change things. You know, like the 60s, uh, you know, uh, was a time. And this is a time. And, man, we're going to stay on it. And, uh, you know, my most recent uh, victory was getting Jerry Falwell Jr. fired from his own university. A hypocrite uh, who him and his wife have, uh, uh, you know, you had the recording or something, right? It was your record. You had the recording for that somehow. Is that what it was? The video of him and uh, the the pool boy and his wife and the, and the the brave young man who came forward. There's a hundred of those. So I want to tell you something. And it's not just the salaciousness. It's the, the they're predators, much like uh, a little like Jeffrey Epstein. Kids at the university, they do it to. Now, if you're a religious leader, people hold you at a you know, a, a reverence, like a priest. And that's what was going on. And, and they extorted these kids. And, and the uh, psychological damage it does, it's not like they're, oh, we're swingers, we're adult swingers. Hey, don't judge us by the sex. Oh, it is way worse. And it hasn't come out yet totally, but it's begun to. And plus it's a stealing money from the U.S. government treasury. Right. It's a tax fraud to me and you. And plus he's a fucking hypocrite. You have hundreds, there's hundreds of tapes of it. Like, so there's nothing that he could say that would talk his way out of this. You have, oh, no, he had to resign. We, every, if was yeah, he every day, he's like, Whoa, my wife did have a brief affair, and then we were extorted, and then we had to send a uh, tape more specific. Tape. He's like, Oh, I was in the background. Wait a minute. Oh, no, what were you doing in the background this far away? You were okay. Then we had to send the board of directors, Oh, he's really. This was going on. People wow, like, I, I wasn't participating. Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? He jerking himself off this far away. And, uh, and you know, they set up fake uh, Facebook accounts to track up people. And then they would shame people. You know what they do? They ingratiate themselves to these, these young men's families. And they'd be like, oh, my God, you know, Jerry. Oh, gosh, Jerry Falwell, you guys are friends with him? Oh, I've always dreamed of this happening. And they were, they were, they were, they loved, they were part of Liberty University. And then so when things would go south, the families wouldn't believe them. And they'd be extorting them. And the family, you got to stay friendly. It's like the Michael Jackson thing. Oh, Michael, he's going to. And then they, 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 they this, this one kid, uh, Giancarlo Granda, that Jerry had a video of him fucking his wife. And he said, I'm sending this to your girlfriend. Uh, Jerry said, I'm going to send a video of you. Yeah, that's the pool guy, wife. right? Yeah. yeah, he would have the yeah. pool guy come several, bang his wife. Yeah, he's been on TV a lot yeah, because he yeah. wanted to turn the story from this salacious story to, you know, these guys are perpetrators. Here's what they did. And, you know, the, the mob just was fucking her sons, uh, all, all the members of his band, and now it's the kids from the school. And I got to say something about these kids from Liberty University. They are true believers in this and, and in, in, in that religion that evangelical stuff, they, they are not, uh, you know, and more power to them. Okay. They, 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 they believe this and they have every right to, 
and to have the head of that university do this to them, you know, uh, and to take advantage of them and use them, and also to take all that money and all that tax money, it goes with Donald Trump, is, is uh, you know, uh, it, it fucks with their heads, man. Right, for sure. How they grow it, up believing this thing and then to, to threaten them. You know, it's not okay. And, it's a, right. and so, anyway, that's coming up. How is the Trump-Epstein connection not talked about well, you know, first of all, constantly they, they, every they had, single day? <laughs> well, they, they, they had sex with uh, a lot of young underage girls together, which sure. is... And, right, why is that? Why is there uh, not more? Do you think that Trump just is paying people off for he can, not to he come can out? Quiet or? that up that much that it's not like constantly on the news. That thing. Well, there's like videos of the two of them partying together at Bar Lago. There's probably, a lot of yeah. stuff. What I have uh, records of is that well, you know, first of all, Epstein is dead, and yeah. Julie K. Brown down at the Miami Herald. You know that case was kind of over until the till last year when she went went around and interviewed a hundred of his victims, and and re got the case up going, and then Trump's uh, deputy or uh, secretary of transportation, of course, who was involved with that original deal in 2008, where Epstein did, didn't have to go to prison for being a convicted pedophile, yeah. except for weekends for five minutes. But that rate that got everything going. Uh, Trump is uh, uh, very involved. What you know? And Trump your, hired that your, prosecutor. Trump hired the prosecutor who made the, the wonky deal. It's, uh, yes. it's, it's well, all so he incestuous. Made him, he made him, and he made him the Secretary of Transportation in his cabinet. And right. he lost a job, uh, Azar. Now, now, there are so many things. But also in 2008, after Epstein was a convicted pedophile, Trump went to him to borrow millions of dollars. After the bubble burst, the real estate market bubble burst, he knew he was a convicted pedophile. He still went to borrow money, and Epstein wouldn't loan it to him because he was a bad risk. There, there are many, many, many stories. Well, I mean, and usually the financial. So I mean, you got to be like, what is the story that's going to, you know? But it's all every day. There's something else. And, uh, I know. I can't wait. Know, my belief, my best, my best belief is that Ralph is on those flight logs. I'm, I'm on telling you, those flight logs. logs come out. Ralph, you're on those flight logs. I'm on so on it just yeah, the fake me repairing the plane and, and trying to like. Figure <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ralph was the superintendent of the <laughs> island. <laughs> oh, wait. Hey, yeah, Ralph, we need to go in Veronica's room and change the light bulbs. Too <laughs> tall for her. She's 17. I'm just going in because I get the free perks every now and then. Um, yeah. So really quickly, you don't have too much time with you left. Um, number one, you said the name of your old dog. Why is your new dog called Sharon Stone? That the my, of the my old dog was not the N-word. That was uh, Rosa Blooms. Uh. Uh, my, dog, my, my old dog was Randy, and uh, apparently I rode on Randy's back, and then I came down downstairs, downstairs one day, and da Randy was gone. My dad just euthanized it. He, he was like, and my stepmom, this one, little, she goes, yeah, you, you killed your dog. <laughs> She's oh. a horrible person. Okay, uh, Sharon Stone. Well, Sharon Stone's a very good friend of mine. She's, uh, I'm doing a movie with Sharon Stone. I've done other movies. I love her. She gives me a lot of advice. I, um, we named, honey, why do we name the dog Sharon Stone? Because she's always showing her puss. Oh, I know why. <laughs> because Sharon Stone kicks Arnold's ass. And, uh, Total we recall. Yeah. And, uh, we were looking for, uh, we knew that we, that, uh, the dog was a uh, female. It took us so long to get them to let us adopt dog. And my dad, Jax, is, is likes badass uh, P 
people in the movies and the quicker the dead we watch that and Sharon Soda has does a lot of gun playing than this and he knows that we we're friends and uh and then the with the one where she just beat the shit out of Arnold Total Recall and uh and so we went with Sharon Sharon Soda just fits this dog's personality okay. and uh I rarely hear a dog's name that's two names you know what do you, do you call a Sharon for sure well, Sharon. No. It, we turned out oh, and yeah. end up with I, you know I'm very good friends with her dad I know her mom you know I'm very close to the whole family but it just fit this song I didn't even ask her like I'm just, I haven't even said I, I assume she knows because we make so many videos but uh, you know uh, dating Sharon Stone by the way is the name of the movie I did ask her about that because and then she's producing it now and in it but but I, the dog I just thought it'd be funny if she just kind of heard about it. That's and the dog is oh. definitely, although uh, when we had to go with one of the chair is, uh, you know, Stone, I decided was better than Sharon. Right. I would, I'm I would not going to yell Sharon. That's too much like Ozzy Osbourne. Like Ozzy. Here we just yeah, have Sharon. Uh, Shannon's cat back there is named Jim Neighbors TV's <laughs> Gomer Pyle. <laughs> TV's Jim Neighbors. True? Is that true? <laughs> no, that'd be great, though. Wouldn't it? Jim Neighbors? I love it. Shannon's yeah. too young. She doesn't even know the fuck Jim Neighbors is. <laughs> I, we, oh, yeah. He was a triple threat in Hollywood, Shannon. He was amazing. Oh, but when he would sing for real, yeah, he'd be like, Lower Pile, then he would start singing. How crazy was that? Yeah, it was, was nuts. Yeah, you know, he was like the telethons the and stuff. Dude, the impossible dream. I mean, crazy. Oh, we got to do oh, the yeah, first, Shannon. The first time ever I saw. The name of the, the show is Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. We ask our guests every week their first experience with all three. We start with rock and roll. What was the first concert you ever went to? And we don't mean a local concert. We mean something that people are going to know. Oh, well, first one, uh, uh, ZZ Top. Oh, I like that the, uh, They played it in Ottawa at the Coliseum, but it was a big deal, man. It was such a big deal. Uh and uh, uh, I got a uh, uh, a stick, a drumstick, and you know, anytime someone came to the Tumble Coliseum, you know, that's where I touched Andre the Giant. There's a lot of wrestling there. Oh yeah. I brought, I'll just say this real quick. I Andre the Giant. My friends and I were just waiting, waiting, and, and when he was done wrestling, he started walking off, and I jumped up and got over the top of the of the ropes and just barely got one finger on him. I just got the shit beat out of me by the security <laughs> but It was so worth it. It was so worth it. I touched him. It was so, you know, and, uh, but uh, Frank, uh, the drummer threw a stick up in the air and we all, all my friends, we went for it and I got it and I ended up stabbing one of my friends and my old friend punching me in the face, my brother kicking me in the, you know, we wore cowboy. We were in a rough, but I got it. It meant <laughs> so much to me because they were so good. This is right when Trace Ombres came out and it was such a big deal. You know, we had a pretty big Coliseum for all Southeast Iowa came there. And, man, I just knew this was such different music, too. I mean, just, you know, the way we listened to music back then. I mean, the way we listened to the radio, and because we didn't have – we just worship bands and we worship music. We worshiped Richard Pryor, too. When there was an album that came out of something from outside there where that music wasn't – man, we showed up for music concerts and we showed up for – you know, but uh, just the outside world, you know, but that was such a, you know. And, I think and, your uh, came in. And I was there when Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off the, 
I was there for, for wow. Lonnie V. Abbott Boyd. I was, I was in the Kiss Army. I was there for when Ozzy bit the head off the bat. Thank you, honey. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> okay. Bad. Anyway, go ahead. And then now the first, or maybe not the best conversation to have in front of your daughter, yeah. but the, the, the first drug you ever did, other than pot, after oh, pot. Oh, pot. I didn't even smoke pot till I was out of high school because they tell me you either drank or you're soda. You're redneck or you're soda. That's not town. Uh, oh, uh, it was in Minneapolis. It, it was, uh, uh, and, uh, and I was at the first, I was at First Avenue. I worked at First Avenue. I worked at the Minneapolis 83 to 88. And they were making Purple Rain. First Avenue, the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played, I played basketball at, at, uh, at, at Paisley Park with Prince. Wow. I went out there afterwards. I got to know him pretty well. You know, he was very funny. And uh, they got it. We got invited after, after uh, uh, first half of close to go out there and his guys, and he was very good at basketball. Like people knew it that from uh, North Minneapolis anyway. Like he was a very talented athlete, and his guys were amazingly good and tough. And we got our butts kicked. And uh, but he's also very funny. And uh, 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 let's see, one night I was down there, and uh, at first half it was crazy. Steve McClellan, the random place, is great guy that you do a little comedy at 7th Street entry or First Avenue, you get tickets to everything. Every amazing, bad experience, when it, especially when they first started, they come through there. And uh, I performed uh, there once when I opened for Corn. That's where we did Minneapolis. It was a very, very cool place. It was really cool, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. Anyway, I was there with a woman named Sue McClain. And uh, this great woman, well, she was involved with music, booked a lot of people. And she's also who I went, went to my first uh, A meeting, 12-step meeting with. So I have to say this, too. But she uh, said, here, uh, go do some. Uh, and I went in the bathroom. And then she, I came back. She goes, here, I, I want to go do some now. I go, oh, no, I did it all. I thought, just what? I go, I didn't know. I didn't. Well, let's go. And I took my girlfriend's uh, credit card to the bank. I got more money, her bank, cash card. And we did more. Because I just assumed that's how you did it. And that, that bet it on. I was, uh, oh my God, it's so beautiful, honey. I was, it was like for five years. That's great. A lot, I feel, all I the feel, time. I feel like I shouldn't ask the last question of this daughter in the room, Jay. No, yeah. go for it. I'll, I'll be discreet about it. Uh, the, the first time you had uh, relations with a... SEX. A, uh, SEX. Well, there's a lot of, you know, people are very liberal, uh, uh, men and oh, women. Oh, Lord. I grew up, grew up sweet Lord. There's no, there's no like you think going up a a, a farm said be like oh my god that's perfect you one. know what? I have an idea Tom why don't you have your daughter tell the story <laughs> my daughter this plan four and a half she's a uh, she's brilliant basically uh, you know girls are smarter than boys right honey you know my son's good too but very smart too but a different kind of smart uh, but uh, she knows everything I'm saying but uh, you know the the people think well girls in the Midwest are you know they're the the, uh, you know, but man, they, they work, we work side by side with them. My sisters, uh, you know, uh, and because of, if the, the father dies on a farm, the girl takes over. And girl sports are way more popular than boys were, at least when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we support it. And if girls want to do something, they'll just do it. They'll tell you. There's no weird, I mean, guys are idiots still, but uh, I'd say, uh, you know, I was uh, not, I didn't have a driver's license. And uh, thank you. Oh, Lord. And oh, my God, here's oh, the so appropriate. Thank you, Angel. I love you. Hold on. And uh, uh, that's Jax. Oh, God. Oh, oh, Jax. Oh, you're so and I was, 
I was uh, 15, and okay. my 14-year-old uh, uh, girlfriend said, we're doing it. Okay. And, uh, and we did it, and it was in the Memorial Park uh, on the ground and uh, by, by the animal, by our zoo. <laughs> right next to the zoo. <laughs> we're so wasted. And uh, there was all the sexes, all, all, the whole thing. Anything you could think of that there wasn't just the one kind, there was all the kinds. And we were so drunk, and we woke up, and there was geese oh, kind of uh, in, uh, out. And our park was, we had a monkey in the same cage as a wolf, because whatever people could, wanted to get off their property, what, at one time there was a farmer that had a lion on his property, that's how they are. And uh, they'd be in the same cages, like it was a weird redneck. Okay, thanks, honey. But yeah, there was no, there was no, oh, well, God, well, one minute we'll do this one thing, and maybe we'll graduate to another thing. No, it was, uh, I had my hands full. She's like, oh, no, now we're going to do this. Thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm too drunk. You know, you better figure it out. And it was, we woke up, uh, no clothes, and it, there were people around. Like, I'm like, whoa. My house is across the street. You know, my dad's like, I'm beat. Her dad was like, you know, that's the first time. And the first time was like, oh, well, let's go gentle into the night. No. And I can also say this. That was her she first time, too? Many, before I was like, "Hey, that's a oh my gosh, I can't believe it is. Are you okay?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm okay." She did it, but she I thought it was a big deal. You thought it was no, her first time her. too. Oh, no, yeah. it was not her first time. Yeah, nice. She was hardcore. <laughs> anyway, all right. So just to go now, I know that uh, you have the Two in the Bush podcast now that you do with Sasha Boggs, your assistant. Is there anything else you want to plug while we wrap this up, Tom? Yes, uh, a couple of things. I have a movie called High Holiday, which is a uh, uh, a very good movie coming out this fall. Uh, uh, Shannon Sossaman plays my daughter. Uh, Jennifer Tilly is my wife. The great, uh, okay, the, the uh, it's about, I play a right-wing politician, a little like Trump, and, and uh, a, a journalist, a right-wing journalist comes over to my house for Christmas, me and the family. Floris Leachman is my mother. And wow. I want to show them how all American family, we have a uh, Shannon Sossaman, is, we have a strange from her, she brings her Indian uh, from India boyfriend home. I, people of color bug me, and she puts drugs in her food, and she doesn't know the journalist is going to be there, and it's, the shit hits the fan. And uh, it's Fine. actually a very it's a comedy. It's one of those holiday movies, but it's comedy. And then uh, uh, I, I'm going to Iowa. I'm going to Iowa. Uh, my sister was the biggest methamphetamine dealer in America uh, at one time before she went to prison. And that's, I'm not exaggerating. And uh, she was a part of a documentary uh, uh, called War on Drugs. War on Drugs, very good documentary. And, uh, and, and uh, they're, they're doing a, Discovery Channel's doing a docu-series about her. She was a biker and my, my little sister. And I'm going to Iowa to shoot a few days to help her out. And uh, it, it's, there, it's a quality, it's a very quality <laughs> thing. And uh and uh, and I'm gonna help her out. Yeah. Uh, well, Tom, uh, thank you so much, Jay. Your plugs, real quick. Uh, yes, that? I have a few things coming oh. up. I have a uh, Royersford, Pennsylvania, my triumphant return to the scene of the crime. Uh, that is October third. Get tickets for that. Uh, Providence Comedy Connection, Philadelphia Helium. I think's already sold out. But uh, Providence Comedy Connection coming back October or uh, September twenty fourth. And I watched season one, episode one of Degenerates on Netflix, bigjcomedy.com for all tickets to my shows. It's great and, that, that uh, and also Sticks and Jump is now on Patreon. Yes, yeah, right? so, Shannon, your plugs? Uh, listen to my podcast, The Thing Is, Dane 
We talk about bad dates, fighting, and ghosts. And follow me on Instagram at ShannonLee6982. Uh, oh, Ralph, actually, can I do one more thing? I yeah, forgot. Sure. I keep forgetting. It's brand new. They just really, Comedy Central put my hour special out for free on YouTube for one month. So it's been out for two oh, days. Oh, that's now. cool. Go hit it up, man. Check it out. Get it a lot of views. There's a donate page on there. It's right. uh, my live from Webster Hall special. And uh, you know what? You know what? Yeah, That'll always be synonymous with me, by the way, not to bring it down. But that was the day that I was supposed to come there was when my dad uh, got crazy sick in the hospital and, and then passed away. So that's how I remember your special. Yeah, good memories. <laughs> I was there. It was great. <laughs> I wish I was supposed to go. It sucks. Uh, follow me. Around. I am Ralph Sutton. My other show where we talk about health and wellness with the founder of Juice Press is called Good Sugar. It comes out every single Monday. Uh, Tom Arnold. Thank you so much Thank for being you, on man. the show. I feel like I could hear stories from you for hours. You really have so many great stories. Yeah, I talk a lot. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I would like I have like fifty questions I didn't even get to. But what are you gonna do? Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you guys, all of you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, man. Pleasure. Thank you. All right, Tom. That was so much fun. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much, Ralph. You're all great. I. I uh, I know I talk a lot, but I really appreciate you guys. And most importantly, thank you for complimenting my voice and not Jay or Shannon. No, and that to me, <laughs> my first one of my first uh, spots uh, ever at the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles, which I now I believe is sadly closed. Right, forever they close it forever. The Laugh Factory, I think. They? Oh my I god! I heard, I think I heard that be closing, closing. But the Laugh Factory, uh, my first night there. Uh, you and Dak Shepard, I believe, came in together and, uh, and on the show. And it was funny. Uh, Dave Chappelle came in after you guys, so everybody kept getting pushed back on the show. And that's oh. what, what I learned very quickly, though, how early of a night it is for comedy in L.A. versus New York, because I was coming from New York. And, oh, uh, yeah. And, and what happened was all the other comedians left because Chappelle went on, and they're like, well, yeah. that's the end of the night. And he only did like 45 minutes, and they were like, well, if you still want to go up, you can. I was like, absolutely. It was like oh, eleven. Yeah, yeah. It was like eleven thirty. I'm like, I go on at two in the morning in New York. A bunch. Yeah. Hey, uh, how do they do? Now you're doing uh, the the club, clubs are doing it. I, I got to get back on the road. I got to make some money, but yeah, me so too. So how is that's that? why I'm what doing it? Like? Um, yeah. Well, the comedy connections doing inside, but th here's the problem with it, and it's like I just I literally just started in the last two yeah. years getting like door deals and starting to do that. So I was starting to actually make. After all these years, I opened for Attell for a very, very long time. Oh, yeah. And, I uh, he was my guy forever, take me He's on the so, road. So good. Uh, Patrice yeah. before that would take me on the road a bunch yeah, with him. Yeah. So, like, I've got these, like, great men. And I just started on my own headlining. Not, I've been headlining for years in between opening for the bigger acts. But I just started headlining, like, places and selling them out and making money. And then fucking COVID hit right in the middle. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. You start to change your life. And then you're like, ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Right, so, but but the clubs are doing some of them. I, I heard the drive-ins. Bert Kreischer told me the drive-in shows. Some of them are really good. Some of them are bad. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, it's hard to make money because it's a door deal. They can only do so many people in the place. So you're getting cut in a third of what you could possibly make per show. It sucks. Right. So they uh, drive in and do it. What at the uh, the Magic Castle out here? So what mm -hmm. if people sit in their cars and. Uh, you, I think uh, you have a choice. You could sit in the chair outside your car or in a car. They're broadcast. <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing's like, it's just the comedy seller built like a dunk tank for the comedians, which they're not even approved to use yet. Uh, it looks like it's a dunk tank. The stand comedy club is doing the stuff outside, and it's like, it's fine. It's just like the, the energy is just not great oh, just yeah. sitting outside. It's like performing for a cafe. It's weird. Yeah. Very weird. Well, this roast we did for Eli Gold, there's a lot of people that did 
that were going to be uh, uh, Zoomed in or Skyped in. And, and then some people did some videos. And I was surprised he had so many friends. But it was very close to here. I knew a lot of – I knew how Jewish it be because his family. And, and, like, and then the jokes would be like – but there's a lot of technical difficulties. I was thinking, well, this must be – you know, I, I mean, just, and I was thinking, they're talking about the drive-in thing at the, at the lap or the Magic, Magic Castle. Castle. I was like, well, how is that, how does that work? And, and, uh, and, and I don't know if it was uh, Russell Peters or somebody else like, we just got to wait. <laughs> it's just He's kind of right. Nobody. Yeah. But the thing is, it's if just, you get out and do like even a smaller room and don't worry about the money as much as just getting the, yeah, uh, the reps, because what happened for me was even like, I think the most I did at one point was like three months probably without doing stand-up. But I broadcast every day. So, like, that's what, that sharp, matters, though. Right? I was sharp on being funny, but like, I was not like, I actually forgot. Like, I had a pretty much an hour ready to go, and I, that was supposed to present during this time to Netflix. And I, I just had no, like, I, I had to re remember all of it. It was very weird. Yeah. Uh, so, that was but the most difficult thing. You know, it's good. It's good. I think uh, talking and broadcasting and listening, I think Keep that's sharp. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, man, I've been sure. watching special. Oh, I've been watching you, a lot of things. Can't wait. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate thank you. you all. Take care, Tom. Pleasure, man. All right.